0: Welcome to the Recovery Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Miller. I'm a stroke survivor and grateful recovering alcoholic. And funny side note, when I do the opening um, in the beginning, I'm just talking and then I force myself to smile and it works every time. I start almost laughing at myself. I don't know. I've told you about that. I've told you about putting a smile on the outside and a smile will come on the inside. It works. I do it every day. I think uh, most people pre record their opening, but I say it every day. Um, maybe I'll work on pre recording it. But anywho, it's a big deal that I'm smiling because my whole disability insurance thing is going awry and I'm just trying to hold myself together. Um, Anyway, it's not to be discussed here. It's not important to the podcast. So um, anyway, just I think know that this whole recovery thing, um, as far as the stroke goes, I have never been so frustrated um, and confused as to how people who have gone through these life-changing events that they're lucky that they're still alive and yet insurance companies put you through so much, you know, I mean to have walked away from my job, so I have no job now, and I also have no disability um, insurance, like, I have no disability claim that has been approved now, so I have had a stroke, I have lots of medical, you know, bills, and medical attention that I need, and yet, I'm not getting any support from an insurance company that I paid for years to help me at a time like this. It's, it's mind-boggling to me. So I am talking about it. I said I wasn't going to. So let's, let's move on. <laughs> okay. So... The uh, topic of the day is the importance of talking, and I'm talking about the importance of talking about our feelings, and in my sobriety program, right, I mean, I was just talking about my feelings, (laughs) okay, anyway, the sobriety program introduced me to how critical it is to my well-being to talk about my feelings. And the step that uh, is really the, the, the one that was pivotal for me is step five. And step five was the beginning of the end of isolation for me. Um, So I wanted to talk not necessarily uh, a lot about step five. I want to introduce you to those of you who are not in sobriety or who are early in sobriety. Just mention a little bit about what step five is. Um, But then I'm going to move on and talk more about what what step five enabled me to start doing as far as talking about my feelings. And when I was drinking, it was absolutely impossible for me to look backward at my life, at my past, and my feelings while being alone and sober. So I didn't deal with them. Um, And I was always alone because I was isolating myself. And I was never sober because I was drinking, you know, constantly, twenty four seven. So I didn't deal with my feelings. I didn't talk about my feelings. I thought I was dealing with them. I thought by sitting in my room and crying for hours on end um, that that I was dealing with my feelings. I really, truly did. I thought that. I was so sad that I had to just let it out that way. That's what I thought was happening at the time. I was so blind. And so I outsourced my problem resolution to alcohol, and nothing ever got resolved. The sobriety program steps are all about so there's different phases of it there's this phase of finding a higher power and then beginning to build a relationship with the higher power there's a phase I don't know phase is the right word but there's a portion of steps that are about um looking at your past and looking at your resentments and then talking to somebody about it And then it goes on later to um, to more more kind of complex ideas as they build on each other. So it's about preparation and then action. And then we go back to preparation on something else and then action. And a lot of it, the preparation is looking inward and the action happens outward. So. I was listening, as I always do, to some stuff on the old internets, and I heard uh, one of the YouTube videos talk about how there are three me's. There is who you think I am, there is who I think I am, and there is who I really am. And... I have a great, fantastic ability to p- look at everyone else and point out everyone else's character defects, you know, what their flaws are, what do they do wrong, they shoulda, they coulda, all that stuff. But when it comes to looking at my own, um, I can't seem to do it unless I have help from somebody else. And that's what the program of Alcoholics Anonymous has taught me. It has taught me to ask for help, to begin to trust in another person, to begin to trust in, in something outside of myself, because I'm not getting it done on the inside. I wasn't getting it done. You know, I couldn't stop drinking. I was severely mentally ill. And I was close close to death. So the program, it slowly starts to have you, you you're starting on the inside, you're looking at, your life, you're looking at, um, you know, how's it going for you? Are you able to manage your life the way that it is right now by only trying to resolve all of your issues on the inside or, or do you need help? You know, that's step one. And then you've got step two and three, which is preparing this idea of a higher power. And again, this doesn't have to be God. It can be God. Um, It's really personal to you. And it doesn't matter to anybody else. But it's preparing uh, your your, your insides. I can't think of another word. It's preparing you on the inside to um, start looking outward. And then step three is you're going to start trying to build a relationship with this other thing that you're calling a higher power so preparation and then action and it is not comfortable it is absolutely not comfortable when you've spent so long when you've learned in life by you I mean me learned For years, decades of your life, you have learned how to stop trusting other people and start relying on yourself for answers and to find yourself in a place in life where everything is completely unmanageable. Everything has just fallen apart. I can't do anything. I can't pay my bills. I can't take care of my kids. I can't take care of my house. I can't go to work. Everything has fallen apart. You know um, how humbling that that is. You know how just it feels terrible. It feels so shameful and guilty and all of those terrible things. But to have to admit that. Um, is uncomfortable but it's the start it's the it's the preparation um so I mentioned I can point out everyone else's defects but when uh when I when it comes to to looking at my own you know even today after over seven years of sobriety, I still have a hard time looking at myself and being like, eh, you, you, that's not good. (laughs) You shouldn't do that. You're wrong, you know? Um, but I have been helped by others over the years. That's when I know that something's wrong with me you know if I a lot of times in the program we say you know if you've got if you're having some sort of disagreement with somebody or you're not getting along with somebody um, the problem is not them the problem is you you know you either figure out how you're going to manage the relationship uh by you know is there something inside of you that you need to change or maybe you shouldn't deal with that relation and you know maybe that relationship needs to end not you shouldn't deal with that maybe that relationship needs needs to end but the issue is never the other person it's always me and um, I know I talk at nauseam about my previous boss and I can't help it because he showed me how, I don't know, he showed me how to look at myself. He showed me how to, he let me get angry with him and to the point that I could see what it is he was talking about. Like, he never got mad at me when I yelled back at him. (laughs) Um, But he helped me discover a lot of things about myself that I I didn't know. And it's not that other people didn't try to tell me. Um, They did. They tried to tell me. My boyfriend tried to tell me the exact same things. That this boss of mine did. But for some reason, I didn't, I was not willing to listen. So there's different relationships that we have with people, um, you know, where our ears are either on or they're not. We're trusting or we're not, you know. And I trust my boyfriend beyond trust. I mean, I trust him with my life. Um, so I don't know why I reacted to him differently than I reacted to my boss, but so be it. That's what happened. And I guess that's my point. I just want to, um, admit, (laughs) admit that you never, you never know where you're gonna get your character defects pointed out to you. Um, but it's certainly much easier to identify them if you have somebody helping you identify them so it takes a lot of courage to be open to that open to conversations about it and so this is a perfect example I think uh about how I was always so easy to to identify what was wrong with other people um than to look inward and look at myself and see what was wrong with me. Um, It's a perfect example of needing a new attitude. And that's one thing that my boss did help me do. He was just freaking so uh, candid with me. I used to hate when he said that. (laughs) Can I be candid with you? But it... uh. It is what helped me have a new attitude. And sometimes he would just say, you need to (laughs) have a new attitude. And I needed to stop judging others and taking other people's inventory and look at my own character defects that need to be faced. And I needed to get honest with who I really am. Not who other people think I am, and not who I think I am, but who I really am. So I decided I'm going to do a step series of episodes, so I don't want to dive too deeply into steps four and five here, but I want to dive into how step five introduced me to talking about my feelings. And in yesterday's episode, I talked about my feelings right before I got sober and my feelings right after I had my stroke. And I really um, got vulnerable yesterday and talked about vulnerable, not that I'm embarrassed to talk about it to you, but vulnerable in that it's so freaking uncomfortable for me to invite those feelings in and talk about them. Because when I talk about my feelings, I have to feel them. You know, you can't just, maybe some people can, but I can't um, remember a feeling and talk about it unless I actually feel it. You know, I feel the feeling. And that sucks. It sucks to invite that in. But... Uh, I talked about being depressed and I talked about being scared. And before I did my step five in 2017, I would have never told you what I told you yesterday. I felt like if I didn't talk about my feelings and I kept them from the surface, then I was strong because i because i was told growing up that i needed to be strong and i'm not i'm not pointing fingers at anybody who who may or may not have told me <laughs> that i need to be strong but i did hear some things about you know i cried a lot and um you know i need to do this i need to do that and it was overwhelming for me. I, I had those feelings, and what it means to me when somebody's telling me that I cry too much is that my feelings don't matter, that something's wrong with me, you know? And there wasn't anything wrong with me. I needed help. I didn't want anyone to see that I was weak. I didn't want anyone to see how weak I was. If I didn't talk about how something hurt me, I thought it was a way to leave the event or whatever happened or, you know, to leave it in the past. I thought that if I didn't bring it with me, if I just left the those feelings where they lied, you know, that I could leave it in the past and it wasn't coming with me. And if I kept my feelings to myself, I never had to confront anyone, much less confront myself, confront my feelings. I didn't realize that those feelings that I felt uh, when somebody hurt me back then, I didn't realize that if I didn't talk about them, that I wasn't leaving them there to lie. I didn't realize that I was packing them in a suitcase and sticking them into my dark place right in my gut to just live there forever. Because that's what that's what they do. If I don't talk about my feelings, I know this now. They just get shoved right into my gut and they just live there. And they get darker and they get bigger and they get more uncomfortable and they get a hell of a lot sadder than they started out being. What I realized after doing my step five where... Uh, I haven't yet said what that is. Step five is where we talk to another human being about our character defects to uh, our higher power or another human being or both about our character defects, about our feelings. And um, I, what I what I realized after I did my step five and I talked to my sponsor about my feelings. I had written them down in step four. I'm really, really summarizing here, but I wrote my feelings down about lots of different things, lots of relationships and stuff. I wrote them down in step four, and then I talked about them in step five. I prepared in step four, and I talked in step five. I took action in step five. And What I realized, I'm getting to that, (laughs) is that there is so much pain in the world that none of us can see. We're all walking around, passing each other on the street and stuff, and this pain lies deep within so many people who don't talk about their feelings for whatever reason. I know this. I know this is true. Because I did it for 43 years. For 43 years, I stuffed it all. Yeah, I cried. Yeah, you'd see me talking about it. You'd see me get angry and crying and life was terrible. But that was just surface stuff. You know, that was the stuff that was a result of what was living inside of me in my dark place. Because when the stuff grows in my dark place, and I'll talk about this in a little bit, as it grows, I can't keep it in there. I It gets too big, and it just starts seeping out. And the way that it shows itself is by me just blubbering, crying, you know, getting angry whatever it is that I do all of these reactions not responses to people but my reactions to people are based on all of my experiences my whole life all stuffed into into my dark place and it's growing so much that it can't be contained anymore So I know that I did this for 43 years, and I know that I'm not unique. And alcohol and isolation were my solution. So I wanted to shift gears a little bit and talk about how I expressed my feelings as a child. As a child, I would tell you anything. I would tell you uh, that I was bored, that I was unhappy. I would tell you that I wanted something that I couldn't have. And yes, I was the type of kid that would stomp up the chair, uh, stomp up the stairs and slam the door. I would tell my mom if my brother told me that I was stupid. Mom, he told me I was stupid. I would tell my friend how much I was totally in love with a boy and I wasn't afraid of anyone not understanding my feelings. I, I wasn't afraid of what I was going to hear back. I wasn't afraid of anybody's response. Um, I didn't feel like I don't want to hear what they have to say. I'm not going to tell my feelings because I don't want to hear what they have to say. I didn't, I didn't care about that when I was a kid. I talked about my feelings, you know, and whoever says everybody's going to say whatever they say because I didn't have any experience yet, you know. I was open to having people help me. I was open to people being sympathetic to me. When I was younger, I remember telling, um, you know, my best friend how in love I was with a boy and, you know, she could really sympathize with me because she was in love with a boy too, you know. Um, I wasn't scared to talk about my feelings because I didn't think anything would happen. And so, unfortunately, I've learned a lot since then. I've learned a lot about what happens when I talk about my feelings through years of experimentation. And these are some of the things that I learned. I learned it's easier to think about my feelings than to talk about them because. When I talk about my feelings, I'm accountable for them. And if I don't talk about my feelings, I don't have to do anything about it. I've also learned, as I mentioned before, when I keep my feelings inside, they start seeping out. If I'm angry with someone and I don't talk about it, that I'll start treating them differently. And I'll probably start treating them worse than they deserve to be treated, no matter what they did to make me angry. I also learned that when I resist negative emotion, it's like quicksand pulling me under. I become submerged in it, and it controls my every move, my every reaction. Reaction, not response, but reaction. When I don't share what's going on in my life, I have unpredictable behavior towards others. I'm quote-unquote not myself. And I also learned that when I share my feelings, some people don't shut up about their own feelings and dismiss mine. I don't know how to share my feelings without the expectation, that expectation that the person I'm talking to will give a shit. Because what I've learned over the years is a lot of times I talk about my feelings and the person I'm talking to doesn't give a shit. So I've learned all of these Results. Through experimenting over the years, talking about my feelings. And it's really unfortunate. It is. So, I have some suggestions for how we can get back to talking about our feelings like we did when we were children. So, here are some ideas first, find somebody that you trust. I think that's key. When you're first starting out, because if it if you're anything like me, keeping it all in for 43 years, I need to set myself up for success here because it's going to be a doozy to get started practicing talking about my feelings. So find somebody that you trust. It could be somebody across the United States that if you tell them something, there's no way that they're going to be able to tell somebody else you know around you that you're fearful we'll find out about your feelings anyway find somebody that you trust okay tell the person how you want them to respond or not respond so if you're about to tell somebody how you feel it's it's really helpful to tell them ahead of time I just want you to listen I don't need any advice. I really just need to share what's inside of me. You can also share with them your expectations. You know, can I have your full attention? Maybe the person has their phone with them or or something like that. Can I have your full attention for this? Because this really means a lot to me and I'm about to share with you my feelings, and I'm afraid. So that's the first tip. The second one is tell them your fear about sharing the particular emotion. What are you afraid of? Tell them, I'm afraid that you're going to think I'm silly, but I need to talk to someone. Can I ask you to just listen right now? You know, If you're afraid, tell them you're afraid. If it's somebody that you trust, you know, I'm afraid you're going to think I'm silly. I've said that before. The next one, acknowledge that you deserve to be happy, healthy, and free from your own solitary confinement. You know, I don't, I, I know this now in sobriety that I don't deserve to be unhappy. I don't deserve to feel bad. And for the longest time, when I wasn't eating and I was drinking and I lost a bunch of weight and I was never sober, I honestly deep down to my core, did not believe that I deserved to be happy. I did not think I deserved to feel good physically. So I wouldn't eat because it made me feel bad. I could control it. So I had to start acknowledging that I do deserve to be happy. I do deserve to be Healthy, and I do deserve to be free from this cage that I've put around myself. Now, next one acknowledge that others deserve for me to be honest with them. It is actually cruel to treat people badly. And they don't have the opportunity to know why or defend themselves. And I have done this so many times in my life because it's some sort of retribution or something like that. I'm paying them back for how much they've hurt me. You know, that's not fair. It's cruel. And next one, not only will others find my behavior unpredictable, but I will too. And it will begin to be a mystery to me why I'm crying and angry and lonely and jealous. When I don't address my primary emotion and talk about it, then my primary emotion is going to turn into multiple shades of secondary emotions. I've talked about the emotional color wheel before. I, I, that's what I call it. It's my own trademark. <laughs> uh, so if I, it, because it morphs, you know, I, I talked about if I stick it in my dark place, then it just grows and it grows so big that it starts to seep out and it comes out as all this other stuff. It comes out as all these secondary emotions. If I'm angry uh, with my boyfriend, for example, for some reason, um, and then we end up going somewhere and he has the smallest conversation with another female human being, it could turn into jealousy because I haven't addressed what I was angry. I was angry that he didn't um, put the put the uh, cover on the pretzel bites (laughs) or something, you know? Okay, and give people a chance to earn your trust. So I I started this off by saying find somebody that you trust, and I realized that that's not easy especially when what you have to talk about is really scary to talk about. Um, But consider a professional, for sure, is somebody that you can trust. Consider somebody in the church, that's somebody that you can trust. Somebody in your family, a best friend, or again, somebody uh, in a completely different (laughs) country, if you want. But give people a chance to earn your trust. And again, tell them your expectations. Tell them what you want. I've learned that if I just ask for what I want from a person rather than playing some sort of game of clue, then conversations begin and they aren't so scary. So just like everything else I talk about, it's practice. And I started my practice with step five. Start with someone you trust. Let them in on what you're trying to do. Um, Don't just, you know, give your friend a call and be like, hey, I got a lot of stuff I need to tell you. You know, let them in on what you're trying to do. That you're trying to talk about your feelings more and what you expect and hope you will receive from them. It could be a partnership like, hey, let's agree that we're going to have a feelings call once a week. Or we're going to go for a walk every uh, Sunday afternoon and talk about uh, at least one thing that we're feeling very deeply about that week and uh it can grow from there once once you start knowing what it feels like mine started uh with a trusted individual and The first thing I heard, the first response I heard when I told somebody something that I've never told them and that I was feeling and that I was scared to tell them, the person responded to me and said, me too. And that's when I knew this was the right thing for me to do. I can do this. So uh, talk about your feelings. Thanks for uh, listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.